Previously on Return Home. My name is Jonathan Barker. After five years away, I returned to my hometown of Melancholy Falls after receiving a mysterious phone call. Home, Jonathan. Return home. When I arrived, it was clear that things weren't the same. My father didn't remember me, my mother was missing, and things were just wrong. You and everyone else in this damn town knows that my wife has been missing for months, pretending to be my son? I don't have a son. I turned to my best friend, Buddy, who helped me to return home just like the whispers asked. Come on, dude. Let's go get you home. It was there that I found that larger forces were at play. I was a pawn for the Society of Shadows in their fight against the coming darkness. Serve the shadows! Serve the shadows! Now, I begin the journey to unravel the mystery of what my hometown has become or has always been. Let's go find the weird. It's time to return home. It had been three days since I returned home to Melancholy Falls, drawn here by the mysterious whispers inhabiting people all over town, and controlled by a group that calls themselves the Society of Shadows. After being thrust into a plot to help save the world or something like that, things had been surprisingly quiet. I spent the last few days on Buddy's couch, trying to readjust to my hometown's new status quo. Every morning I'd wake up and stare at the ceiling. I'd study the talisman we found, which was currently around my neck. Though it was usually cool to the touch, in the mornings, it would always glow warmly in my hands. I still wasn't sure how it fit into the equation, yet. Buddy's been good to me since I've been here. With nowhere else to go, he's kindly been letting me stay as long as I need to, while I figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do. He's even been making me breakfast every morning. You want scrambled or what? <sighs> How'd you know I was awake? <laughs> Please, keep your eyes closed all you want. You can't fool me. Now get up, we got things to do today. Oh yeah? Like what? I have an idea to see if we can get on the right track. Did they start that weird stuff going on in town section of the newspaper yet? Even better. We're going to the city council meeting. The city council? Yeah, man. That's where people bring all their grievances and problems. You know, pothole on 14th Avenue, speed traps on Main Street, giant talking man-eating plant in the park, the usual. That is actually a pretty good plan, buddy. Thanks. Of course, dude. Now hurry the hell up. Breakfast will be done in a few minutes. Can't argue with that. After breakfast, we headed into town, hoping that the city council meeting would jumpstart my quest to find some of the issues that Zane was talking about. But a lot was weighing on my mind, and I just had to get it off my chest. Why me, you know? I just, I don't get it. Obviously, Zane thinks you have what it takes. He seemed pretty sure of it. Well, considering my formal world-saving training pamphlet seemed to have been lost in the mail, I'm not so sure I agree. You got this, man. And remember, you're not alone. You have me. Thanks. Hey, what's with those folks? Just ahead on my side of the car, an older couple stood on the sidewalk, seemingly staring us down. Whoa. Creepy. Their gaze just never wavered. Even as we passed them, I glanced in the rearview mirror and saw them staring at our car until we were out of sight. Maybe they just liked the car. I did just get it washed. <sighs> this town just gives me the creeps. Let let's just get there already.
It only took a few more minutes for us to arrive at City Hall. There were a lot of people already making their way into the building as we parked. I didn't realize the city council meetings were so popular. I hope we get a good seat. Nothing worse than sitting behind a tall guy. Looks like a lot of people have grievances to air today. And it's not even Festivus. I sure hope one of them is of the off-the-wall variety. Just before we walked in, I took a look around and noticed my dad a few steps behind me. I tapped Buddy on the shoulder to get his attention. Hey, can you save me a seat? I'll, uh, I'll be there in a second. Where are you going? Oh, is that your dad? Are you going to try to talk to him again? Try being the operative word there. Good luck. We're all counting on you. I hung back for a second and waited for my dad to get close. He looked up, and when his gaze reached me, our eyes locked. For a second, his face flashed recognition at seeing me. But then I realized, after it contorted into anger, it was only because he remembered me from the other day. I decided to try again anyway, not entirely sure what tactic I was going to take yet. I figured apologetic may be the best course of action. Um, Mr. Barker? Not you again. I I'm really sorry to bother you. I just wanted to uh, apologize for the other day. It's... It, it's all right. I suppose I did fly off the handle a little bit. The anger drained from his face, and it almost looked like it was replaced by pity. But when a man comes to another man's home, making wild claims and getting into his affairs... No, no, you're right. I completely understand. I was just confused. I I've been away a long time, and I just... Long enough to not remember who your parents actually are? That one struck me right in the gut, considering how close to home it was. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that long, I suppose. Well, thank you for the apology. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, of course. Anytime. And if you need anything at all, with your wife, I mean, or, or anything, really. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. You take care now. With a slight nod, my dad made his way past me and into City Hall. My stomach was in knots that he still didn't remember me, but figuring out what happened to him would just be one of many things on my to-do list while being the Society of Shadows errand boy. I took a moment to compose myself and then followed everyone else in. The room was packed, but Buddy saved us seats in the back. Thankfully, there were no tall guys in front of us. Instead, there was a little old lady with a stuffed giraffe wrapped in a blanket. I poked Buddy in the ribs, drawing his attention to this strange sight. That's Dolores Geddesen. She's been carrying around that thing for as long as I can remember. You mean back when we were kids? I said as long as I can remember. I barely remember yesterday. I was about to respond to his smart-ass remark when the door in the front of the room opened and the city council began to file in. They walked in one at a time and took their seats at the table in the front of the room. As they began to sit down, Zane emerged from the doorway as well. If the room wasn't so noisy, everyone would have heard Buddy and I gasp at the same time. What the hell? Zane glanced in our direction and gave a slight wave to accompany the smirk on his face. No wonder he's so well connected with the town, huh? Did you know he was on the city council? Dude, I didn't know we had a city council until 20 minutes before I suggested it to you when I saw it on the internet. Did you know we also have a public library? Like, where people can just take books? They can take books! Zane took a seat just off-center, while the man in the middle seat stood up and banged a gavel to call attention. Order! Order! We'd like to start the meeting. As always, I'm Victor Bolvin, head of the council sitting in for Mayor De Palma, as she's still indisposed. 
We will go over the minutes from the last meeting, and then some housekeeping items before going into new business. Mrs. Hendricks, can you read off the items from last month, please? We had a discussion on the power outages on the west side of town, with complaints about the abandoned factory there being the reason Sheriff Paulson was going to investigate. We had reports of illegal notices on telephone poles along Main Street reading Bijou is coming that have not been approved by City Hall and that we have been taking down. There was the matter of the Sunset Circus wanting to come to town pending council approval, and the new telescope in the observatory. All of this seems fairly normal so far. And what of that gateway opening reported in that home on Blunter Avenue, any word? Zane seemed to perk up at that mention and chimed in. Are you speaking of the portal into time and space? Oh yes, sorry, that is here as well. Sheriff Paulson sent a deputy in, and we haven't heard anything since then. Wait. Did he just say a portal into time and space? Now it was our turn to sit up and pay attention. Let's make a note here to follow up with uh, Sheriff Paulson and... No need. I'm right here, Mr. Bolvin. I have an update on that. Deputy Roberts volunteered to check it out and ventured in. He was missing for about a week or so before he emerged. He seemed to have aged a few years and his hair turned white. While he couldn't give us a detailed report of the anomaly... On account of his constant screaming, we feel that it should be safe, provided no one else wanders in. We roped off the area, so to be sure. And the homeowners? Perfectly fine with that. It is in their daughter's room, in the closet to be exact, and she moved to New York City a few years back, so they hardly ever use the space. I'd consider it case closed. Okay, this is weird, right? This, this isn't just me? I'd say it's a bit out of the ordinary. You think it's worth looking into? Zane looked in our direction again. He didn't say anything, but the way his eyes pierced us, that told us everything we needed to know. I'll take that as a yes. Thank you, Sheriff. I nominate to approve the minutes. I second that. Third. Motion approved. And now, on to the housekeeping. This went on for some time, as apparently there was a lot of housekeeping to take care of. However, I couldn't take my mind off of the portal they spoke of. It was brought up and discussed so casually, as if it was so... normal. Is that what Melancholy Falls had become? A place where shadows inhabit the people of the town and portals to other worlds open randomly and it's accepted on a day-to-day -day basis? I was barely paying attention to the items they discussed when they moved on to new business. People went up to the podium one by one to bring things to the council's attention. Stuff like cats disappearing, kids playing too loudly, and pizza arriving with slices missing. I zoned out a bit because it wasn't terribly exciting. And then, she walked up to the podium. Oh my god. Is that? Time just seemed to stand still. She looked exactly the same as the last time I saw her. Her brunette hair tied back in a ponytail. Her blue eyes wide and observing everything. Her smile just warm and inviting. It had been five years, but my heart still skipped a beat when she looked back for a moment and our eyes locked. Oh no, oh no, she's looking right at you. The talisman began to heat up against my skin at that moment, as if reacting to her look. Her smile faded and she froze when she saw me. Her mouth formed a single word, uttered softly but still picked up by the microphone for all to hear. Jonathan? I, I couldn't take it. it. It was all too much. With everything going on in my life the last few days and with the talisman growing warmer by the second, I just got up and ran. Away from the city council meeting, away from Amy Reynolds, and away from the reason I left Melancholy Falls.
Return Home, Episode 2, Whatever Lies Behind the Door. You just listened to Part 1 of 3. It was written by Jeff Heimbuck and produced by Andrew Taylor and Jeff Heimbuck. It featured the vocal talents of Forrest Orta, Russell Eaton, BJ Grip, Paulina Logan, Cleve North, Alyssa Ritorno, and Jeff Heimbuck. The original musical score was by Corey Celeste. You can find out more about the show by visiting our website at returnhomepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash returnhomepodcast and on Twitter at returnhomeshow. Questions? Comments? City council meeting stranger than you thought? Send us an email at returnhomepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>